you're probably underpriced, not making any money, or you're working day and night trying to keep your customers happy. When I talk to plumbers, they always think in like five to 10 years, they're gonna have a couple million in the bank. But in reality, they could do it way faster. I'm gonna share the same systems, strategies, marketing tactics, and everything I did to grow my business to the multi-million dollar company it is now. What's up, Joel? Hey, Jared. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, Jared, how you doing? Uh, doing good. Your voice sounds better today. I know. I can actually, uh, it doesn't feel like it's going away. Hopefully it's like it's coming back. Hopefully by the end of the podcast, it's not like gone. Nah, dude, that's strong. I've been talking all day. Nice. I got my haircut today. I talked all the time. I noticed. I know. You're looking sharp. I it's know. like a whole new man over there. Yeah, it is like, I was like, uh, let's see, I was going, I was talking to Benton on my way there and I'm like going to my haircut and he's like, yeah, I was like, yeah I'm looking scruffy. I'm feeling scruffy. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go get a haircut. Dude, your beard grows fast though. It does grow fast. Like you just cut it and it's already like I know. pretty long. I know. It's awesome. It's impressive. Yep. It's all the testosterone I have. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a pretty good beard. It's nice and full. Like Yeah. Yeah. You look thanks, at my man. mustache, it's got like yeah. pieces missing. Yeah. Mine mine goes up high too, or it can go up high. Yeah. Which is nice. Mine doesn't. You need to just go for the like gnarly stash. Yeah. You could totally pull it off. Yeah, I wonder. I've always, like, stashes are commitments, you know? And, like, right now, stashes are cool, and you don't want to look cool. You just want to do the, you just want to. But you could get, you could do cool handlebars. That'd be cool. So when I lived with a bunch of young dudes as roommates yeah. back in the day, yeah. I would always cut my beard into random things. And <laughs> with one, my, one, my one roommate, Brennan, I would uh, come out of the bathroom like, hey, Brennan, check it out. And I'd have the, stu- like, handlebars. And I had, I rock, like, goatee handlebars for, like, a month. Just cause. And he was like, every time he looked at me, he's like, you are disgusting. Yeah. Like, this is so gross looking. I was like, so what, if man? I was you, I would just go with a gnarly hood. Oh yeah. The, like the, <laughs> like the, the broom mustache. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you, what do you think my wife would say? That's the easiest. Cause you just comb it down and then take your scissors and go. <laughs> yeah, and then it kind of poops up like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Ayla would, would appreciate that? Oh yeah. She'd love it. <laughs> She would not. <laughs> if, like I, if I cheeseburger, <laughs> I I, sh- I should next time I go see Chase, I should be like, I want I want a razor on my face, and yeah. I just want a gnarly mustache. Yeah, and Ayla will freak out. You'll have to work a while at growing that stash out. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to grow this. I want the, I would want the beard to be really big, and then be like, take it all down, just <laughs> leave me the stash, Chase. <laughs> it'd be it'd be ridiculous. My kids wouldn't know what to do with me. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. What are we uh What are we talking about? Um, we're going to talk about how to actually make money with your plumbing business because the sad reality is that most people don't. And so last episode, we went into pricing pretty heavy. <clears throat> we're going to talk about everything else in this one. Oh, we'll probably okay, still cool. touch on pricing a little bit, but sure, it's worth we're going to cover yeah, all the other topics. Like You can be priced right and still not make money if you don't have these other things figured out in your mm, business. So yeah, sure. we need to make sure and touch on those things as well. So yeah, that sounds like, seems like making money in your business is an important thing. Making money in your business is a very important thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it's number one important thing. <laughs> oh, in man. fact, I was just going over my core values the other day. Mm. For wait, wait, your core values or prospector's core prospector values? Prospector plumbing core values. Mm-hmm. And we switched them up. Get money, get paid. Get money, get paid. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought that was all three. You know, <laughs> uh, One of our core values is going to be profitability. Mm-hmm. From now on. And the, um, you know, some employees don't like it when you talk about money and how the business needs to make money. Yeah. But it's such an important part of the business. And so 
Mm. What I'm going to do from now on is I'm going to go in front of all my employees during a meeting and I'm say, I'm going to just raise my hand and I'm going to say, who's here because they just love being here so much? Mm. And nobody's going to raise their hand. I'm going to say, who would come here if you didn't get paid? Who would come here and work all day and hustle the way you do if you didn't get paid? And nobody's going to raise their hand. I'm going to say, okay, who's here for the paycheck? And they're all going to raise their hand. I'm going to go, okay, that's why I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, This is yeah. all about everybody making a paycheck. So yeah. it needs to be part of how we operate the business. Everybody here needs to make a paycheck. And so we need to make sure that that happens. Yeah. Part of making sure that that happens is being profitable. Yeah, why is it so hard? Why is this sometimes a hard thing to wrap our heads around? Like you're here to make money. Like, cause I'll, I'll have conversations with guys and they're like, like, well, oh, I'm not like greedy or, or there's always like this caveat to I'm not greedy, but I want to make money. Or like, there's always like some qualification that we ha- we feel like we have to make when we start talking about be- being profitable. That, it's just a misunderstanding from people of like what business is, how it works. And like, what happens to all that money? That's yeah, that's probably and, it. But, and how much things cost, and you know, they have no idea why a business needs to be profitable, other than the owner wants to make money. Mm. Your your employees have no idea, right? Yeah, they just don't get it. Um, yeah, they don't they don't see like, hey, if we're not profitable, then if something bad happens, we don't have extra cash in the bank, right? And then that affects the employees. They don't see if we're not profitable, banks aren't going to give me money to buy new vehicles. Right? Sure. Um, if sure. we're sure if we're not profitable, I can't get a um, line of credit. What if we go through a really bad time and I need a line of credit? If I'm not profitable. I don't have that. Mm. So they just don't see it. Mm. And then, like you think about, <clears throat> you know, you got plumbers working for you who grew up middle class, probably, mm-hmm. right? They didn't grow up rich and then decide to be a plumber. Right. That doesn't happen. Mm. So they grew up middle class or poor and they become plumbers. And then like we see it on our TikTok comments all the time. I'll do a video about, like I just did one about a flapper for 300 bucks and you get people on there and they're like, that's highway robbery. Mm. Um, Or even when I break down like the hourly rate, right? they're like, you shouldn't charge the customer for your overhead expenses. And it's, so there's like, there's a disconnect between yeah, sure how business works and then how how the how business works and then the perception of how business should work. Exactly. Because, they they yeah. think it's like okay, you pay your plumber 30 mm. and the materials were 30, so my bill should be like 90. Right. He makes 30, the materials were 30 and you make 30. Yeah. If you can't operate your business within that, then your and your overhead's not my problem. Like fix your overhead, that's your problem. Yeah, you should be able to, yeah, operate your business out of your front lawn. That's how they think. Yeah. Which probably tangles right back into this conversation of, like, number one mistake that people make is they come from that kind of thinking, right? Mm. And they think that they have to operate their business within a certain threshold, right? Mm. And so they end up pricing themselves too cheap. Mm -hmm. And then they can't do the things that they need to do in order to run a good business. Can I, can I tell you a story? And maybe yeah. that might illustrate this point. Maybe yep. we might have to work to get there. I was talking to this guy and he was like, he wanted to hire this plumber, but this plumber wanted to make X amount of dollars per hour. That to him was like higher than he wanted to pay. Uh-huh. And he was having trouble 
like figuring out, okay, well, if this guy wants to make this much money on the check, he's got to work. He has to sell this many hours. Mm -hmm. And so he was saying, okay, well, I just don't know how this guy's going to perform. So I can't really offer him this job because I don't know if he's actually going to sell enough hours to allow me to afford this payment to him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of what you're talking about, where in his mind, he's like, okay, well, if I want to pay him 40 bucks an hour or whatever, he has to sell X amount. He has to be make this much money in the year. Yep. And he might not do that. Yep. And when I talked to him, I was like, yeah, that's like the backwards way to think about it. It is. Like, if you want to pay him 40 bucks an hour, your customer's going to pay for that. Yeah, and as long as he performs within average of what a plumber performs, yeah. then you're good. Yeah, but I think it's what you're talking about, where he has this idea of, like, instead of looking at it that way, right? Like, the customer's yeah, going to pay for this. he probably didn't think, like, hmm, to get employees, I need to pay them more. Mm -hmm. How do I afford that? Well, they're going to have to perform higher. Exactly. What I should have said is, and that's actually will probably happen. They probably, like, better employees that you pay more do perform better. Um, but the better way to think about that is, okay, if I have to pay them more, that means I have to charge the customer more. Right. How much more do I have to charge the customer to pay this guy an extra couple bucks an hour? Right. The funny part is a lot of people think like, mm. my rates are going to have to go way up to pay my plumbers a, a decent amount more. It's right. not that much more. We did, I did the math for a guy yesterday. He wanted to, he was paying his plumbers 90, um, and he said, for me to get good plumbers, I'm going to have to pay him 110. Mm. And I said, well, pay him 110. <laughs> you would. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so I said, let's, I said, let's, well, let's pull up your hourly rate calculator and let's put in plumbers at 110,000 and see what it does to your hourly rate. Mm. So he could pay three plumbers rather than 90, 110,000. So $60,000 in expenses. Mm. He only had to raise his hourly rate $10. Okay. Wow. So, and it went from like 420 to 430. Right. And so I looked at him and I said, okay, the average service call is two hours. So that means your customer is paying an extra $20 every time you go to their house. You're going to their house like, how often? If you go there every year, it's costing them an extra $20 a year. Do you think that that is going to make or break the difference between them mm. using your service and being happy about it or using your service and being pissed about it or not using your service at all? Very unlikely. Yeah. So it's one of the few times, like, when you're going through your expenses, you should not have any expenses that you don't need in your business. Mm -hmm. Like, if it... If it provides value to the end user or mm. makes you more efficient so that it pays for itself, mm -hmm. it's a good expense. Right. The With a technician, it's like, if you don't pay them more, you're not going to get good ones. Right. And it's going to hurt everything else. It's going to hurt everything else. And it's going to make it so that you can't achieve that goal for yourself, like getting out of the truck or yeah. being the owner, autopilot business, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's... 300 different companies in town that want to pay that plumber to work for them. Yeah. And they have a choice. And so you have mm -hmm. to make the play like your place of business, the better choice. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that's, it's the only way, mm. or you have to train them, which I, you can do, but right. in the beginning training guys is really hard. Yeah. So I would rather just grab them from another company, mm -hmm. give them a better job with better benefits and better pay. Mm hmm. And then we're off to the races. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's almost like 
guys think they have to like have they have to make enough money before they can almost qualify to give guys more pay and better benefits. Like they're like they're thinking about it like, well, I haven't I haven't made enough money yet to afford these benefits. Yeah. Once I make enough money, I'll be able to afford the benefits and hire that guy. And and the reality is they just need to have enough work. Yeah. And be priced properly. Yeah. And then they can afford the guy. Yep. That's what goes into it. Mm. That's it. Yeah, the last guy I talked to, he was like struggling with how simple it was. Like that was honestly a struggle because he had he had done some business training from from wherever, and he was just like, "It's so it sounds so simple." Yeah, I'm like, "It's not it's not that it's really not that complicated." No, it's not that complicated. There, yeah, no, it's not. And I think like I think you said I don't know if it was on last podcast or one before, but it's a lot of this mind junk or whatever you said that gets that makes it complicated. It is. Like, and then natural, like humans naturally want to make stuff more complicated than they need to. Yeah, we're super good at it. Like if it's super simple, so mm. the mo- the model is really simple. And if you're running a simple model and it's and you're not being profitable, you immediately are like, I got to make this <laughs> model more complicated. Yeah, I must right? add things to this to make it profitable. What's funny is that on the other side, if it's a super simple model and you're profitable, you do the exact same thing. You're like, this is too easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, there must be something. I must be doing, this must be doing I something must, wrong. Yeah. Or this is fake or this is like yeah. an anomaly or There's something. no way this is going to continue unless I add complication to it. Yeah. And <laughs> and this is dumb, right? Yeah. Um, I, think, uh, I think I said this on a couple podcasts ago was... I was watching a, a video from Alex Hormozzi and he was talking about Charlie Munger. Yeah. And how when looking at an investment, so we're talking about like one of the greatest investors of all time, right? When looking at an investment, he would often say, nah, too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No way. Yeah. Too hard. Mm-hmm. Like I'll take an easier route. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he would only invest in businesses that were simple. Yeah. Right? That's how it should be with your plumbing business. Mm. So you're, when you're building a plumbing business, you're like, okay, I'm going to invest in this plumbing business. I'm going to put time and energy and resources mm-hmm. and money into this plumbing business. There's a cost to it, right? And you get to decide what comes out on the other end. Like you're building mm-hmm. it. So you can build something extremely complicated that's tough to manage, that takes up more of your time mm-hmm. and causes you more headache or you can take a very simple model of a plumbing business and run it and get more time back and more money back and more freedom back. Mm. So in, in essence, build a business that works for you instead of you working for it. Right. right? Most people choose the, the opposite. They just right. want to, they build a business that they have to continue to work for. Mm. I think a lot of that comes from the fact that people don't think it's possible to build a business that works for you. Yeah. And I my my guess, my inclination on that is because a lot of guys haven't seen that in their direct circles. No. Like not well, not a lot of plumbers grow up within the plumbing trade that they're in and look around and just can identify like, oh, that guy's doing it. That guy's doing it. Yeah. That guy's doing it. Yeah. This is what it looks like. Yeah. Thank goodness for social media. Huh? I know, right? <clears throat> and, but, um, yeah, yeah. But like to your point, like I grew up looking at, at business owners and even... You know, when I started my plumbing business, I would look at business owners in our, my community and they were all working in their business, mm. right? So there was um, 
like Rocky's heating. I remember looking at him and mm-hmm. he's still out in the field. He'd since sold for a mini, like a tiny little amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he was out in the field running service calls. Yeah. 20 years, 20, 30 years. Um, there's, man, there was a couple of them, the carpet store. Yeah. Yeah. Still two, three owners all still working in their business. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, so I just thought, oh, you just like, yeah, that's, that's what, what happens. You it's start like, a business and that's where you go to work every day. Yep. And, and you start the business and you make a decent paycheck. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even my boss, my old boss, the company I worked for for 12 years, mm-hmm. every day worked in his business mm-hmm. every single day. Mm. For him, I think it was more of a choice. I think he just, I think he loved it. Yeah. And I think that's, and him, I, him and his wife worked in the business. And I think it's important to understand, like, if you love it and you want to do it, that's okay. That is okay. But yeah. the business you build should still be the same one that you don't have to be in. Yes. You should always, because think about, <clears throat> think about a business if it requires you to run, right? Right. And you want to retire someday, which means somebody's going to have to buy your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you have to build a business that they want to buy. Okay. Yeah. And so if they're going to build, if you're going to build a business that requires you to run and they buy it and you disappear, how's the business going to run? Right. That lowers the value of your business dramatically. Right. It's like, okay, now I got to find somebody else to run this business. Right. Well, if you do that for them, find somebody else to run the business and put all the systems in place Mm -hmm. and the things in place, then your business is worth a lot more. Yep. And that should be the end goal. Yeah, and it becomes much more of an asset to you than just that thing that sucks up your time that isn't yeah. really an asset, not as much. Yeah. There's a really good book on on that called Built to Sell. Mm. Great book. Yeah. Um, and it's a good, it's like a story, story yeah. read. It's like my favorite kind oh, of Oh, yeah, this is when we were talking about it. And I was like, see, Jared, yeah. see, Jared, stories are good for you. Well, it just helps illustrate the point, right? Yeah, yeah. And that book is actually good for like, you know, building to sell, and creating a very simple, mm. basic business model. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's get into it. So when you think about a plumbing business, mm-hmm. let's just go like right to the core of like what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and we covered this a little bit on another podcast. We're in the business of buying materials and skilled labor and we resell them to the customer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you're going to start a plumbing business, you should not start new construction. You should not start um, commercial service. Mm-hmm. I would always recommend starting in residential service. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest to get customers. It's the easiest to make your customers mm-hmm. happy. And it's the easiest one to get paid at the end of the day. Right. Literally. Yes. Literally, at, at the end of every job, mm-hmm. you can get paid. Because the problem with those other ones is they either require cash up front from you, and then you're waiting to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, and most people don't have cash up front, right? So they can't put cash up front. And then if they got to wait to get paid, they're without a paycheck, right? right? How many people are living? What, what was the statistic? Did you it say was like, it? it was like, no, I think Chris still said it, but it was like a high percentage, like a, a very high percentage of Americans right now couldn't pull $400 in cash if the majority. they needed to. Yeah. The majority of Americans couldn't be like, oh, I can give you $400 in cash. Here's yeah. from my bank account cash. Yep. Which is wild. 
That blows my mind. Blows my mind. That's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah, I feel very grateful that that's not me in this current moment. Okay, so that's probably where a lot of these guys start in plumbing businesses are at, mm. right? Yeah, definitely. They can't, they can't pull any cash out. But they especially can't pull out twenty grand to go buy parts for a job. Right. Yeah. They especially can't go start doing a job and the commercial contract or you're working for a commercial building and they're like, yeah, we have a 90 day pay period. Right. Okay. I got to wait three months to get paid. (laughs) How am I going to live for the next 90 days? That's an eternity. Yeah. Um, versus residential service. It's like, Hey, I did the work. Here's your bill. Right. Let's get this settled. Right. Right. Paid today. Money in the bank today. Mm -hmm. Um, the other problem with commercial service work is, Number one, it's hard to get customers. Sure. Right? You can't just kind of, there's no, there's no pay-per-click or GLSA. Yeah, there's or, no lever that you can just pull to get customers. To get customers, right? Um, it's a little different. And then there's another disadvantage that I was thinking of just two seconds ago. I don't know. You didn't tell know. me. They're a pain in the butt. <laughs> um, no. Stick with the residential service. Mm-hmm. We'll think of it in a minute. Um so you start doing residential service to understand that you're just in the business of buying and reselling things, okay? Mm-hmm. Helps you get in the right brain space. Right. So you know when you buy those things, you have to mark them up to be profitable, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And so if you look at the history of plumbing service companies in the world, you have to mark up your labor and your materials 100% to maintain profits at the end of the day, mm. okay? Um. For most places in the United States, that's $400 an hour. Right. Right? So if you want to make, like if if you want to make money with your plumbing business, it starts with getting the right customer, so residential service, Mm -hmm. and then it starts with pricing your services properly. Okay? So you have to break down all of your costs and get it down into a billable hour in your business so that you know exactly what it costs you to run your business and go bill out one hour to the customer. Right. Okay. Yep. It's vital. If you, if you don't know what that costs you, you won't know what to charge the customer to be profitable. Yep. And chances are everybody else in your, not everybody else, but most other guys in your town aren't going to be profitable. So don't copy their prices. 96% aren't profitable. Yeah. Right. So plumbing and, a lot of people be like, well, then how do they stick around for so long? Mm. They stick around and barely making it, paycheck to paycheck. Yep. Um, or the owner lives, like works in the business, right? Right. And that's the only reason they can stay afloat. Yep. Because now the business doesn't have to pay the owner. Right. The, the, the owner's paid like an employee. Yep. Right? So we won't dig into that all the way. You can go watch our last podcast. Yep. Literally the one before this, we dove into that super deep. Yep. Is all about pricing. But yeah, and if you haven't listened to that one, like, pause this and go listen to that one really quick, because it's it's pricing is vital. Pricing is incredible. It's the number one mistake. If yeah. you went out and you were just priced properly, you would start making money day one. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it astounds me. You would run into a bunch of other problems, but you would still likely stack cash in your bank account. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, yes. So don't make that mistake. Yep. It's the it's the mistake that holds the majority of plumbers 
from being successful. Yep. Just that one thing. Yep. Okay. What you're going to discover after watching that podcast <laughs> and figure out how to do your pricing is that you have to be way more expensive than you ever thought possible. Sure. So, and it's likely going to stretch your brain mm-hmm. and you're going to have to get over it and realize that it's just math mm. and it's just money mm-hmm. and it is what it is. Yeah. At the end of the day, you can choose, you can charge that price or you can, you don't have to charge it. You can charge it and be successful or you can not charge it and not be successful. Yeah. It's up to you. The but, choice is yours. But there's no way to like charge less and be successful. Mm-mm. It just doesn't work. Cause again, it's, it's a math. You can only work so many hours in the day and you just, it's just not going to, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to get enough quote unquote big jobs yep. to make it pencil. Yep. And even if it is, even if you did get enough big jobs, you're not charging enough for the big jobs anyway, yep. you wouldn't be able to scale. So I would put it this way. If you want to work in the truck, hmm. doing the actual work for the rest of your life and be left with zero retirement and a business that is worth absolutely nothing, having worked for 20 or 30 years, busting your butt for nothing, hmm. then don't price yourself properly. Right. Right. Mm. Don't don't charge what you need to charge. Right. If you would like to, so funny because when you just say it out loud, it sounds so silly. (laughs) If you would like to grow a business that has people that do work for you, so that and it and you're profitable, Mm -hmm. so that you can then build a good business that takes good care of not just you, the owner but takes good care of its employees, takes good care of its customers and allows you to have freedom of time and freedom of money to do what you really want to do in your life, then charge what you need to charge to be profitable. Mm-hmm. I'll cho- I would choose the second one any day of the week. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I've, I've done both. Mm. <laughs> and the second one is way better. <laughs> it's yes. way more satisfying. Mm. Well, it's, it's way more helpful. Way more helpful to everybody, yeah. right? Um, the first one just sucks. Yeah, the first one isn't helpful to anybody. Nobody wins in that scenario. The only person that wins is the customer who wants cheap plumbing. That's it. Yeah, I guess they win. Kind, I mean, kind of. Yeah. They kind of win. Yeah, they, I would say they win unless there's somebody who doesn't like supporting failing businesses. Correct. What's funny about the cheap customers is they want good customer service. Of course. And they want good quality work and they want it super cheap. And when you're a cheap plumber, you can do those when it's just you. Right. Until you get too busy, then the customer service starts to slip. Yeah. Right. Then yep. you can still do good work and be a one man show and be cheap. The second you try to go hire anybody, mm-hmm. the good work, the customer service, they have to disappear just for you to keep making ends meet because you, you're you underpriced, so you have to constantly chase money. Right, yeah. And yeah. so you're constantly in this game of chasing money. If somebody calls you back because something isn't right and mm. you have to go back there and you don't have any money in the bank and payroll's coming up on Friday, it gets really tough to want to go back there and actually take care of your customer. Yeah, right? yeah. So it naturally just slips. You just... You won't be able to. Mm-hmm. You'll have to go chase more money to make payroll on Friday. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It's not a spot you want to be in. Mm-mm. It's much better if you were profitable on all the jobs you went to, and then you have money in the bank. And when somebody calls up and they're like, hey, 
this thing you put in is leaking, you can say, we'll be right there. Right. We will be over in as fast as humanly possible, and we will get that fixed for you. doesn't matter what it costs. Right. We got this. That's better for your customer. That's better for your business. That's better for you. Yeah, and like even in that scenario, like, yeah, that'll cost you some money, but think about the peace of mind that you have being able to say, oh, go do that. Not have to do this because the other scenario you painted was like stressing me out. Like, oh, oh dude, man, like I got to not serve a customer so that I can pay the guy I told I would pay. Heck yeah. Or so that I can pay my own bills. I'm not going to do a good job when I desperately want to do a good job. Like you yeah. put yourself in an impossible mental position that you're going to go home and just be sad. Yep. And even as a one man show, so because I did it just myself for a long time, being underpriced, I was like 100 and it's 100. And, actually, the first business, we were 90 an hour. We maybe even started at 80 an hour, which is retarded. <laughs> get all the work, right? Yeah, we're going to get all... That's, <laughs> dude, honestly, I remember I had this conversation with my brother. I told him. Mm. I was in his basement in his laundry room, and I remember telling him, dude, why am I making my boss all the money? I'm yeah. just going to go start my own. I'll be a little cheaper, and I'll get all the work. <laughs> like, those words literally yeah. came out of my mouth. Yeah. I would never say that ever again today. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess before we leave the pricing, we always, we always talk about this for a long time. There's this quote by Dan Kennedy, really famous marketing guy. Mm. Um, he's like the OG, what do you call that? Direct response marketer. Yeah. So back in the day when it was like, what a cool title. OG direct response marketer. When you, when you listen to him talk, you can't help but be amazed. Mm. It's, he's remarkable Mm -hmm. and he has a cool mustache. (laughs) Um, mustache. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to go. He, he has a quote that I love, and he says, there's no strategic advantage mm. to being the second cheapest in town, but there's a huge strategic advantage to being the most expensive. Mm. So people who think they are mm. going to go be cheaper than anybody else in town. And win. And win. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> Because they believe that customers only shop based mm. on price. Right. But here's the thing. Mm. If you want to run that game, right? If you're like, okay, I'm going to compete on price. I'm going to serve customers who want the cheapest price. Okay? That puts all the plumbing on a level playing field. Mm. And the cheapest price wins. Okay? Sure. So... It's a race to the bottom, right? If you're not the cheapest, then this guy's going to be cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes this race till margins are so thin. Yeah, pay the, your employees the least. So, don't have a CSR, like so, everything. Yeah, so incrementally thin that you're barely keeping the lights on. You're barely putting truck in the gas. You're barely paying yourself enough money. I, I put gas in the truck, but it works. <laughs> you're barely got, you're like you're barely making it, right? Yeah. That's where that leads. Um, if you're trying to undercut and be cheaper, yeah, it do, it doesn't work. Yeah, you become a commodity, yeah. right? You become like gasoline, an unsustainable commodity. Yes, people be driving across town to get the cheapest gas, right? Right. Yeah, sure. So think about hmm. this though: you take that same gas, right, and you go put it out in the middle of nowhere, mm. and there's not another gas station for 200 miles in mm. each direction. What happens to the price of that gas? It could be anything. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. It goes way up, mm-hmm. right? And they still sell gas. Right. Okay, so that's what you want to do with your plumbing business. Mm. 
if you take your plumbing business and instead of focusing on competing on price, right, just being another gas station in the sea of gas stations, right. you can focus on being different than everybody else. So mm. right now there's a gazillion unwrapped vans, one truck chucks, guys answering their own phones, not sure when they can get to you, providing subpar service. Mm. If you pull out of that crowd and you create a brand and a name that stands out and is memorable, mm. okay, and you actually start answering your phone, you hire people to answer your phone, you actually run a real schedule so you can tell people when you're going to get there. Mm. You get on a good CRM so that you can actually like track your customer's data and mm. actually have like a scheduling software that right. that does all that stuff, right? Um, and then you go and provide professional service. All of a sudden, you're that gas station out in the middle of nowhere, right? And now you're not competing on price. You can charge higher prices because you're a different kind of plumbing company. Right, sure. And people want it. Yes. Even if even if you guys have never found the people who want it, and you probably don't believe that those people exist who can afford it, they exist. They exist. And the likely the problem is you're attracting the ones who want cheap plumbing. Yes. Right? You're doing it to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, the I like that gas station now. It's a it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Came up with that on the spot. That's pretty good, man. <laughs> man you must have had your <laughs> Wheaties getting, today. I'm getting smarter by the day. day. Yeah, you are. It's all that butter you're eating. <laughs> I've been eating a lot of butter. <laughs> I know. I must start eating a lot of butter too. Are you? Mm -hmm. It's good for you. Yeah, except my wife doesn't like Kerrygold. She says that the Why? wrappers are really bad for you. What? Yeah. The that's the aluminum wrappers. You got to get the ones that come in the box. They have a paper wrapper, oh. wax paper wrapper. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Dang. <laughs> I got to go, Jared. You got this right. And it's easier to measure because the Kerrygold butter that comes in the tin foil, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. four sticks of butter. Yeah. And so I try to eat a stick of butter every day. Might mm -hmm. sound crazy to people on the internet, but if you buy the one in the box, it's four separate sticks. Yeah, so, it's so then like it's easy. Easy measurement. It's just like, and then Coffee you in the morning, you just cut that stick in half. Drop it in there. Butter coffee. I just chew on the butter. I dip it and take a bite. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I mean. I actually don't do that. Do you get salted butter or unsalted? Salted. Yeah. It's the yeah. way to go. Yeah. It's definitely the way to go. It stays softer. Mm. <laughs> it does, dude. <laughs> This is an argument that me and my wife have all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell her, look, salted butter stays softer and you can spread it easier. And she always buys unsalted butter. And she's like, no, it doesn't. She probably puts it in the freezer too. <laughs> she, she puts it, okay. <laughs> she put it in the fridge. That drives me insane. Oh, sure, sure. She'll put peanut butter it. in the fridge too. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. That's well, not right. Anybody listen to this? If you put butter or peanut butter in the fridge, Stop listening to this. You're not welcome. <laughs> you got to go. I'm you sorry. You are not welcome. You should not own a plumbing business. Yep. You got to go fix that peanut butter and butter first. Yeah, that's actually step <clears throat> one in the playbook is fix your peanut butter and butter situation. <laughs> totally. Yep. <sighs> Dude, that well, was major, major offshoot. Okay. It was important though. It's good to hash that out real quick. Yeah. Okay. So just by... Um, Price not not competing on on pricing, but competing on service. You move into a market all of your own with, and there may be you know competitors doing that in your area, but you move from a market of hundreds or even thousands into yeah. a market of like maybe five or 
10 or 15 or 20. Yeah. Right? So that really speaks to the guys who feel like they're in the dog race, right? The guys yeah. who are just like, there's just so much competition. They're the ones competing on price. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. And that's second, why I can't get my phone to ring because everybody's doing the same thing I'm doing. You can't get your phone to ring because you're not charging enough to pay for marketing, <laughs> right? Yeah. So the second you move out of that rat race and stop competing on price and stop worrying about how much the customer is spending you immediately put yourself in a better market. Just bam like that. Mm. So it's one of the best things you can do. And you don't have to put all of these things in place. Right. You can literally just still drive the same van. Mm -hmm. If you have a junky, crappy looking mm -hmm. van, it would probably be good to go get at least a new one. Mm -hmm. what, if you, what if you can't afford a new one yet? It doesn't cost, it doesn't cost anything. Go sell your personal vehicle. Oh, yeah, like How many sure. people do you know that got... <laughs> I know, yeah. They got like $2,000 payments on their vehicle. Or, mm. I mean, if you got a $700 vehicle payment, vehicles are expensive these days, <laughs> and you go get a brand new Dodge Ram ProMaster, you, your payment will probably be 900 bucks, 1000 bucks, Right. Right? A couple hundred dollars more. That vehicle will get you one more job and pay for it. I guarantee it. Yeah. Right? So go sell your personal vehicle, get rid of that payment, and then... I don't know. Do whatever you got to do. Mm. That I I would definitely do that. Sure. That's something I always I tried buying old junky vans, mm. um, and it wasn't until I bought a nice new van that I was like, first thing it just raised my level of confidence in myself. Right, because you weren't showing up in a junky. Yeah, because if you imagine like in your head, you're like, I got to go charge this customer four hundred bucks an hour, and mm -hmm. I'm showing up in my rattly old junky van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I showed up in a, like, I bought a brand new Sprinter van. When I rolled up in my brand new Sprinter van, people would be like, dang, cool van, man. Is that a Sprinter? I'd be like, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, tech, yeah. Mm -hmm. just, I just raised, like, my yeah. value in myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really doing it out here. Yeah. So if you go buy a brand new van and you just put on clean clothes, maybe a polo, or if you're working in the cold, get like a nice vest or something and look presentable. Um, cut your hair. Go see Chase. Go see Chase. Get your beard trimmed. Sh like brush your beard. And then don't smell like garbage. Like don't smell like crap. Don't smell like cigarette smoke. Don't mm, don't smoke in your van. Don't smoke in your van. Like if you need the nicotine, maybe just like quit smoking. Or something. Just, or just quit, quit smoking. Yeah, it's probably better for you. Yeah. Well, I know it's better for you. <laughs> No, it is better for you. And the thing is, is like, mm. if you're going to be a business owner and you can't even quit smoking, sure. you're not going to make it as a business owner. Yeah. I promise. So if you haven't quit smoking yet, quit smoking. It'll do you, it'll help build your discipline, which will help be a better business owner. Yeah. Don't just replace smoking with vaping. Who are we kidding here? You're killing no. yourself way faster. Don't vape either. It's <laughs> yeah. like for little kids. <laughs> That's such a funny statement because it's true. Little kids like to vape. I, I don't understand it. What benefit do you get from vaping? I don't know. I don't either. You just look dumb, in my opinion. Yeah, and you kill yourself Sorry way to all faster. the guys that vape out there, but that's how, when, I, that's how I feel about it. When I see a guy who's vaping, it's just, it's weakness. All I look I, at him, I'm like, man, I'm sorry that you feel like you have to do that. I immediately think he's like 15. Yeah. But then when I see a grown-ass man vaping, I think... Yeah, wow. he like pulls out his vape that thing. Not, and that guy has zero discipline. Yeah. He is not mature at all. Yeah. And if 
some of my guys probably vape because <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. I would never hire yeah. you. And then you're like, then wait, I'm like, wait a second. I bet yeah. some of my guys vape. But then again, you're the, they're not the business owner, right? Not. So it makes sense. Like they're, Correct. they're where they're at yep. because of the habits they've chosen to keep and not shed. Yes. Mm. It's not, it's not necessarily the habit that's keeping them there. It's, mm. it's what the habit represents. Sure. Mm, represents sure. a lack of discipline. Yeah. A lack of desire to do better. Mm. And so, if you have mm. those things in your life, like if you don't have discipline, if you don't have a drive to do better, you're never going to get better. Yeah. And if if you can't take the thing out of your life that you can objectively tell that it is not good for you, there is no way that vaping is good for you at all. No. And yet people will say, it's all right. I'll and just, I'll, I got to have some kind of vice. And, and why would you, like what benefit does it have? It keeps me calm, I guess. Why would you have this thing that you have to spend money on, you have to spend time doing, that has that makes you look like an idiot, <laughs> that has no benefit? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. know either. Okay, so clean up a little bit and answer your phone. Just answer the phone. Like when it rings, yeah. answer it. That's it. And that's also a discipline thing. Like I talked to a guy today who was like, I was like, how many, how many jobs you booking per week? He's like, 10 when I answer my phone and I was like, if you're, if you're that guy, hire a CSR. Yeah. And I was like, well, how come you're not answering your phone? He's like, well, either I'm working or sometimes I just don't want to. Dude, I feel that guy. Yeah. I, I hated answering my phone. Yeah. It was the worst. <laughs> I hate, I hate it. With you still passion, hate answering dude. your phone. I still hate answering my phone. I've always hated answering my phone. Okay. So if you're one truck chucking it and you can get a new van and get a spiral wound notebook and just, mm. Write down time blocks, have each page as a day, and write down ten, 8 to 10, 10 to noon, noon to 2, 2 to 4. When people call in, put them on the next available time block mm. that you have. I can get to you between noon and 2. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Do that, and then do your best to show up on time, and if you're not going to, then call the customer in advance and let them know. Mm. And then call them when you're headed out to their house. Just call them up. Hey, I'm headed out your way. Just mm. want to let you know. Easy peasy. It's, it's the little things. Like like when you do all these little things, like all these little interactions with the customers, yeah. you're stacking value. Like 100%. It's, it's, it's helping you present. and Because that's going to be the thing that you're going to say to yourself, I don't want to do this. Like I'm yeah. tired. I don't want to call this person. It's like just do it. Yep. Like build the habit to do it. Yeah. Just call them and let them know. Hey, I'm on my way to your house. I'll be there in, like put it in your maps and figure out how long it says to you, till you're going to be there. <laughs> And then tell the customer how long until you're going to be there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Magical. Yep. They'll already love you for it. Yeah, because you be like, great, I can make my <clears throat> preparations. And like, I was going to take a nap. Yep. Now I can either not or I can, right? They know. Yep. And so we got to back up a little bit. Don't give them prices over the phone. Mm, sure. I always forget to say this one because mm. to me, it's just so obvious. Like, yeah. why would you give a price over the phone? Right. You can't. How are you going to give an accurate price over the phone? It's impossible. Maybe sometimes you'll look out, but there's <laughs> yeah. like, you're yeah. going to, how much is a water heater? Mm, 1800 bucks. And then the water heater's in a crawl space, you know, buried halfway in the dirt. And yeah. you got to repipe a mile of piping just to get the thing out and back in. Right. How, and like in that scenario, like that customer's asking you that price is probably going to go, all right, thanks, bud. I'll give you a call back if I can't find a cheaper customer. Yeah. So screw that guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So don't give pricing over the phone. <clears throat> if you download our playbook, by the way, there's a link in the description to our plumbing business playbook. 
It's got the whole phone script in there. If you follow it to T, mm. you'll book jobs like crazy and you'll be busier than ever, okay? So go do that. Mm. Um, book in two-hour time slots. <clears throat> and if you're getting enough book calls, just hire somebody to answer your dang phone. Yeah. If you're priced right, you'll be able to afford it. Yep. So if you're getting a couple book jobs a day, like you're busy half of the day on jobs, that's two jobs, then you need to hire somebody to answer your phone because that's half the day that you're busy yeah. at a customer's house where you don't want to be answering your phone if you're at a customer's house. Mm-hmm. So you you either look bad in front of the customer because you're picking up your phone, right? Lowering your value. And especially like, you. meanwhile, you spent all this time and money trying to be valuable. You just bought a new van. You yeah. just saw Chase and trimmed up your beard. And then yeah. suddenly you got to answer your, like you detract from your value. Yeah. Or you don't answer your phone and you lose work. Yeah. Right. So you have to do that until you have enough work. But the second you're doing like one to two jobs a day, hire a freaking CSR. Yeah. Just bite the bullet, hire the CSR. If you're if you're priced properly, you'll be able to afford it. Mm. And if you're priced properly, that CSR just being there to answer the phone will do two amazing, beautiful, wonderful things. They will book jobs better than you do. <laughs> yeah. Number one, because that's their job. Yeah. It's their sole job duty. Yep. And then number two, you can have them do other stuff that you would normally have to do, allowing you to be a better technician, allowing you to go make more money, allowing you to stack more money in the bank, allowing you to grow your business. And allowing you to, instead of when you get off work, having to do all those little admin tasks. Yeah. You can spend time with your family. You can maybe work on the business at that time. Like yeah. you're already beginning to win back that precious time that you don't yep. have right now just by hiring a CSR. Yes. And the only way that's going to happen is if you're priced right. And and I would and tell me what you think about this, Jared, because I would even say like if your wife is your CSR, just hire a CSR and let your wife do something different. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I'm 50-50 on that one. Sure. My wife didn't want to answer the phone, so mm. that was an easy decision. Well, <laughs> yeah. actually, she was working at the time. My mm. wife was still working, so it was a better benefit to us to have her. It was cheaper to hire a CSR than to mm-hmm. have her quit working. Yeah, gotcha. So we just did a cost analysis and said, yeah. you keep working, we'll hire a CSR. Yeah, because at some point you'll probably, well, maybe not. I mean, maybe your wife would just be your CSR then be your head CSR. I was going to say, because at some point you'll probably hire a CSR Unless yeah. your wife really wants to do it, she no. really enjoys it. No, screw that. Yeah, so, I mean, I get. I guess there's probably people out there who. This is this is the thing. Mm. For the people who are like, "Hey, I'm just going to sit in the office, and I'm going to be, you know, the general manager of my plumbing company, and my wife's going to answer the phones, and that's all I want out of life." Like. Where's your drive? Mm. Like, why? You could get there so fast, but then why settle with that? Yeah, I think with that, they think that getting there is going to take 10 years. Like, it's going to be this journey to get to that point. Yeah. And that's like capping out because it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning where guys just don't actually really know what's possible. Like, True. they don't know like how quick you can get to the point where you're even out of the truck and you got guys running around, a CSR answering your phones and marketing going like, they don't know how fast you can get there. And they also yeah. don't understand like what kind of revenue you'll be pulling in when you get there. Yeah. I just like why set your cap so low? Like why 
like why not dream way bigger? And even if uh, even sure. when you get there, like the amount of business owners that stay there, it's like, why? Why? Yeah, and I think it comes down to they get comfortable. Well, I think they get comfortable. Yeah, but I think they just don't know what it, what to do to go to the next place because like the amount of business owners that you and I talk to who yep. are there have a bunch of crap that's wrong. And so it's like they don't even know how to get beyond there and they don't like they just don't have that they don't know how to do it but yet. But then they don't go figure it out. Well, cuz maybe they look around, they see that nobody else has figured it out. This must be how it goes. So I guess that's what I don't understand is I was watching a video earlier today that that my GM sent me and it was a it was this guy and he was making the point that that people make decisions based off how much money they have. Mm, that sure. The majority of your decisions are based off mm. how much money you have in the bank. Yep. And he sure. was like, mm-hmm. he was like, you can't tell me that when you're going and buying a plane ticket, mm. and you look at the first class plane ticket, and it's three grand versus a thousand bucks. You even if you go tell yourself, well, I don't, I don't need to sit in first class. Like, coach is fine. Right. I'm fine with coach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 The reality is sitting in a first class seat is way more comfortable. Right. You made that decision not because coach is fine. You made that decision mm-hmm. because first class was too much money. Right. Sure. Mm. Um, and so all of your decisions are based on money. Right. Right. Mm. And why, and I just don't understand why you would not want to like, I don't want to limit myself based on money. Right. Like I, it, there's, goes two sides and this is getting off topic again but so i've been reading ecclesiastes Mm -hmm. i've been reading a commentary on ecclesiastes and Mm -hmm. i freaking hate bible commentaries you do yeah with a passion yep but i've been reading one by um tony evans (coughs) Mm -hmm. i actually like tony evans (laughs) because he's like it's like common sense yeah no nonsense logical Mm -hmm. not all this crap that Joel's into, you know, words and um, stuff. You know. Yeah, words, big words and junk. Yeah, it's just, screw that. No, yeah. <clears throat> um, so for me, I have no problem like dreaming big, um, desiring to push forward, mm. and I have no problem being like, it's this weird thing. So I'm totally content where I'm at, but sure. I always want to push forward because I don't. If I want to fly first class, I don't want to be limited by. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I like flying first class. Yeah, I think anybody who's flown first class would say, "I like this. This is nice. It's nice. They bring you the warm rag to put over your face and the hot (laughs) dude. So it's awesome. (laughs) And they bring you the hot thing and nuts and Mm -hmm. like some of my flights I've been on first class. I got a nice steak. And you can go into like the first class waiting room at the airports. Yeah. Which my wife didn't know until when you sent her up first class. She didn't know that until her way back. She's like, yeah. I could go get free food in the lounge. Yeah. I never knew this. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm taking a nap. But here's there. the deal. If I'm going to go fly back to Fairbanks, Alaska, where my plumbing business is, when I look at the three grand ticket, I'm like, I don't want to, sp- I'd, I'd rather spend that two grand on something else. Uh, yeah. I don't want to do that. I would much rather be like, hell yeah, let's fly first class. Mm-hmm. This is way better. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm super content flying in coach. I'm yeah, super content sure. with the size house I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't remember where I was going with this. You're reading Ecclesiastes. Oh, yeah. Eat, drink, and be merry, right? Mm. It's like he boils it down to the meaning of life is mm. to enjoy the blessings that you've been given. Sure. Um, mm. mm-hmm. The little things. Because 
Mm, sure. At sure, the sure. end of the day, striving towards riches and houses and cars or success or mm. a big business or whatever. At the end of the day, we all just die, right? <laughs> what? And it, <laughs> and <laughs> when you're dead, you ain't gonna care, right? Well, maybe. So we toil all our lives mm, sure. to achieve all this, these things and this stuff, and um, it's useless, right? Right. But at the same time, um. I think if you were to just chill out and sit down and just be okay with mediocrity, to me, that's wrong. Mm. So if we're supposed to enjoy the good things in life, it's like when you have the time to spend with your family, enjoy it. Sure. When when you get to wake up, so I wake up every morning and drink coffee and read my Bible and then work out with my wife. That's a blessing. Mm. Like, that's great. Sure. But then for me to just like coast the the rest of my life, right. that's a that's like a waste of mm. the talents that I have. It's a waste of my like I have a heartbeat and I have the ability to move and sure. the ability to think mm-hmm. and the ability to do and build and mm-hmm. and progress. Mm. I think if you're just gonna go settle for okay, this is good enough. Mm. I feel like it's a it's a waste. Yeah, it's a waste of the talents that you've been given. Mm-hmm. Be a waste of a life. Think about all the in the book, the science of getting rich. Mm-hmm. My favorite book. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It's good. It's a good listen to because the yeah. guy's voice is it's cool. Yeah. In fact, when I listen to that book, and then. Every book I read now, I read it in that guy's voice. So I hear it in my head. <laughs> Double benefit. How that guy reads it. Mm. Um, makes books way better. So he talks about how on this earth, right now in our society, everything is traded by money, right? Mm. Money is the the thing we use to do stuff, right? right? And so if we're on this earth... And we can do good, sure. right? Like I, I could go do good for you. I mm-hmm. could go do good for my neighbors. I could go do good in the world. Mm. I could do good for people who don't have a job, for people in other countries. Mm-hmm. The only thing limiting me from doing more good mm. is what? How much money you have. How much money I have. That's the only thing. Mm. So shouldn't we be trying to get as much money as we can so yeah. we can do as much good as we possibly can? I would say so. So that's why I don't understand getting into the office and your wife's answering the phones and you just chill there. Yeah. What a waste. Instead of striving and pushing further and realizing that like the cap to your potential is probably a lot higher than you think. Yeah. You're probably, you're better than that. Like, like we are, we are capable of doing astounding things. Like read any, like read a David Goggins book and realize that the human body just physically can do a crazy amount of stuff. Yeah. You're no different than Elon Musk. You're Mm -hmm. no different. Like he's not any smarter or, I mean, he might be now because he put in work to get smarter, right? Right. On certain topics, Mm -hmm. but he's no, like at the end of the day, we're all humans. Mm Mm-hmm. We all have incredible potential. Mm-hmm. And then for you to just settle on something and waste it, to me, is terrible. Yeah, I think it helps to really define like why you're doing the thing that you're doing 
And like, think of, and like, it's, it's, it's when I say that, it's not something that honestly, you can't really just sit down and be like, Jared, this is why I'm doing it. Cause it's a moving target. It is. You'll get to different thresholds of wealth or whatever. And you'll realize that your why starts to shift and that's okay. Yeah. And I think the danger is when people are striving to make money, yep. they're worried that, especially within like a Christian framework, they're worried that that will be their idol, that that will be their thing to the detriment of everything else in their life. Yeah. But I think you can you can be profitable in your business and in your life and not succumb to idolatry. Yeah. Provided that you are still loving your neighbor well. You are still doing those other things that in yep. this context, right, Christ commands us to do. Yep. And so like it's it would be dumb for you to be like, Well, sorry, Joel, I'm worried about getting making too much money, so I gotta lay you off and we can't do the <laughs> podcast anymore. We can't help these people because yep. I might this might be a problem for me. Yeah. Like you just have to be aware of yourself. You can't just disconnect from yourself because there are traps, right? You yep. can forget your family as you're building your plumbing business to their detriment, yep. right? You can fall into that trap. You yep. just have to be very aware yep. of yourself and communicative with your people who are important in your life. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, if you're thinking right now, like, oh, I just want to get in the office and my wife's answering the phones, mm. if that's your, like, thing you're striving for, that's great. But when you get there, don't get stuck there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. striving for new things. Yeah, when you when you get there, don't think that that will satisfy you. No, because chances are it won't. No, it won't. And you'll be. And if you do, if you put all your hopes that in that moment you'll your problem, well, like your problems will go away, because that's what we hope. Yeah. Once Jared, once I make this much money, all my problems will go away. Life is gonna be so good. I'm gonna be so happy. It's like maybe no. And like I mean, like if you can't be happy now. Living paycheck to paycheck yeah. or making 50 grand a year or making 100 grand a year. It doesn't matter how much more money you make or how much less you have to be out in the van. You're not going to be happy. Yeah. However, there is a very convincing statistic that says <laughs> when you start making over 75,000 a year, your level of happiness increases a yeah. lot. And that's yes. just because life gets easier at that point. Yeah. You have far less anxiety and it's just. You could still be content making less than that. It's just a lot harder. Yeah. I would say you have to be, I don't know, what I was going to think about saying is like, you have to be like a lot better at being thankful. Yeah. But then still, my question would be like, okay, but why aren't you making more? Like, because to this whole point of this little aside in this conversation is like, you can make more than 75K. Like, you can figure that out, man. Yeah, dude, anybody like, can. Like anybody can. So yeah. like there's something that's holding you back. Yeah. It's probably vaping. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's get back to back to business here. Yeah, making money with your plumbing business. Making money. Okay, so <clears throat> where did we leave off? Well, we just talked about hiring a CSR. My question was, if your wife wants to be your CSR, should you just hire a CSR? I mean, and it's fine if your wife wants to be a CSR. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But I wouldn't let her stay there. I would get her out of there as quick as possible. Yeah. And for part of part of it is what we just talked about. But then the second thing is like your wife's going to be way more valuable in other spots mm. in your business as well. Yeah, sure. Of course. So when you can get her out of that CSR spot and free up her time to do other things, mm -hmm. more important things, mm -hmm. that's going to be really valuable. Yeah, because she she can she's committed to this business like you are. She's committed like you are. Nobody else is. Yep. And she has, well, yeah, she has different skill sets than you do. 
right? So, and this that's different for every relationship. Of course. Like, my wife had the skill set when she never answered our phones, but she eventually quit teaching and came into the business, and she had the skill set of being able to look at the business and say, okay, we need to start working on these mm. things to get to the next level. Right. And part of that was like SOPs. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I barely made it through high school. Right. I didn't go to college. She went to college. She starts whipping out like rubrics and things yeah. and yeah, like yeah, starts yeah. getting it all organized. She couldn't necessarily write the SOPs because she didn't quite understand how the whole business ran. Right. But once I had a good sure. starting point, you had a good framework. I had a really good framework to then go write my own SOPs. It's the mm-hmm. only reason we got SOPs, right? Yeah, because my wife was able to step in and do that. So your wife has skill sets mm-hmm. that you don't have, right? And you mm-hmm. have skill sets that she doesn't have. So as a team, you you make a better team. You like right. you make a better product, right? Um, you just have to learn how to work with each other. Yep. That can be tough sometimes. Yep. Um, that's been a, like me me and my wife, sometimes we don't work well together. Mm-hmm. We work, I shouldn't say we don't work well. We haven't worked well together in the past. Right. It's probably a better way to say that. And sometimes, I mean, that's like, like everything, like that's a learning process. It's learning. And you, you, you can figure it out. Oh, yeah. Yep. You start doing it and then you realize, oh, that didn't work. Right. Or this was a mistake. We need to do this differently. Right. Right. And then start doing differently based on what you learned in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll say, you know, that's like a lot of growing your business is saying, well, that didn't work. Mm. Let's do differently. Well, that didn't work. Let's do differently. Right. Based on data you have in the past. Right. Um, who said like stupidity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result? Is that know. Einstein? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know either. Um, that's what most people do in their business. Yeah. They just do the same thing over and over and over, expecting mm-hmm. a different result, mm-hmm. knowing it doesn't work. Right. And it usually Stupid. starts with like, it'll work this time for like, for some reason. New construction is going to work this time because I just got a new builder. Yeah. And this builder's awesome. Yeah. But it's not going to work. No. And I wouldn't want to rely on one builder anyways. Yeah. That'd be that'd be a terrible spot to be in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, hire a CSR. Um, and then it's a matter of like following following the, you know, you got your priced right, your scheduling right, you got a CSR. Now it's a, a matter of like following the right model. So I don't know how to describe the model because I really want people to see how simple this is. Mm. So at its core, like what my business does Mm. is we advertise to the general public Mm -hmm. or to homeowners specifically, Mm -hmm. hey, we have plumbing services that you can buy, okay? They call us and we answer the phone and we put them on a schedule, once they're on the schedule, then the technician knows, hey, I have a job on my schedule. So then mm-hmm. we split them up between the technicians, okay? We sign them to a technician. The technician then goes out to the house and assesses the problem and gives the homeowner an estimate to fix it. The homeowner says, yay or nay to fix it. If they say yay, we 
fix the problem and then we bill them for the fix. And then the cycle repeats itself. Mm. That's the simplicity of the model. You don't have to make it much more complicated than that, right? Um, And that's really like the core basics. So if you can get to the point where it's you in a truck, it's your CSR, you have a schedule, and you're going to people's houses and you're fixing their stuff and you're charging them enough, you that will set you up for a foundation that most people never get to. Mm, true. Okay? Yeah. So from that point, it's a game of pushing your marketing and getting more customers to see if you can get busier than you can handle. Okay? Mm. Um, and every time you get busier than you can mm-hmm. handle, that means, hey, I can now leverage other people's time to make more money. Mm. It's really what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like you hired the CSR mm. yep. to leverage yep. her time or his time. He would be weird. Her would be better, I think. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, you're leveraging her time to do things so you don't have to do them so that you can make more money. You're buying your time back, right? Um, <clears throat> so you start hiring technicians, okay? So at some point in time in your business, it get like it gets messy, right? Sure. So you can imagine, like, if I've got three technicians out in the field running around doing stuff, and I don't have any software or system mm. where where everything runs my business, right? It's, it's going to be difficult, right? So at that point in time, you need to get on a good CRM, right? So we typically, well, we're on Service Titan. I would recommend anybody get on Service Titan. And it's usually about like when you get like the third guy in the field mm. and the owner can kind of pull out of the truck mm-hmm. and be in the office a little more. Now he can implement a good CRM. Right. Okay? Sure. Mm. So, and, and what's going to happen is you're going to, you know, this whole thing is about making money with your plumbing business, like actually making money. You can actually make money without a CRM up until a point. Right. Yep. And then you stop being able to make as much money as you should be making mm-hmm. because it's not it's not fluid. It's not systemized, mm-hmm. right? So at that point in time, all the systems you really need are a good CRM. Right, sure. Because a CRM is a system in and of itself. A CRM, yeah, it just acts as a system in and of itself. Yep. And it's meant to run in a certain way, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And the reason CRMs are built to run in a certain way is because that's the best way to run a plumbing business historically, right? Right, yep. So they build their CRM for profitable plumbing companies mm-hmm. to be profitable right? so that they'll keep paying for their CRM. So if you're trying to <laughs> use <laughs> right, right. go-arounds and do it differently than what the CRM wants you to do, just stop and right. do it the way the CRM wants you to mm-hmm. do it. Um, so you can implement you know, a program like Service Titan. And what that's going to do is it's going to give you a scheduling on into a system. So all of your customer data is going to go into a system. You're going to be able to schedule on a system. Um, All of your phone calls are going to be recorded. Mm. You're going to be able to, um, you know, send out text messages before your technician goes out to a house. Uh, you're going to get your technician's iPads mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to click. They're going to click on the job. They're going to be able to see all the job data 
the customer data, the past history. They're going to be able to click a button to dispatch. That's going to send the text message to the customer mm. that lets them know they're on the way. They're then going to be able to go to the house and do the whole process, but all on the iPad. Right. So everything is tracked, and there's just a way of doing things. Mm. Okay. Um, and then you can collect payment at the end of every job on the iPad. Swipe a credit card. Mm-hmm. We got payment. Money in the bank tomorrow. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> that'll help a lot. So I'm trying to think of other things that help you make money in your plumbing business. Because you actually want to make money, right? So there's a few other things you need to understand to actually make money in your plumbing business, mm-hmm. okay? So you can take this foundation and you can grow that mm-hmm. in easily grow that from three guys into 10 guys, 12 guys. Sure. And do five, six, seven million a year, mm-hmm. okay? just on that basic foundation that we gave, okay? Mm. As you grow, there's a few more things you want to look at. Um, Number one, you need to actually have marketing in place, right? Yeah, that's huge. And you want to have it at the right time too. Yep. So when you're a one truck chucking it and you're starting to get busy and you're actually making a little bit of money, go invest in a new brand Mm. and a marketing company. Yeah. So... Branding is a big one. Like naming and branding play such a huge role yeah. in your ability to market your company. And if you can if you can get that one taken care of earlier, it's way better because then you can now build momentum from an earlier stage that will carry you better in the future. Correct. Whereas if you like wait too long or you have a crappy brand and then you rebrand, you have to you lose a little bit of, a little bit of momentum yep. and incur a lot of costs, and then you have to build it back up again. Yep. It's like not impossible, but it's definitely the harder way to do it. Yes. If I if I didn't have the money, I would just go get the cheapest possible logo I could off of like 99 designs or something. Yeah. Or I would make my own on Canva even mm-hmm. just to get me going. And by going, I mean like just enough to get somebody to make me a website where people can get a hold of me. Yeah get my Google My Business going, get my GLSA going, and get my social media accounts going, right? Um, And then the second I got enough money, I would dump it into rebranding. So sure, sure. And rebranding, like you're just going to redesign your logos, your colors, and your textures, right? Right. You can pick a good name from the get-go. Yeah, sure. So a lot of people want to do like... Joe's Plumbing. Yeah. Yep. That's in my playbook. Yep. Terrible name. Don't yeah. do that. Um, mine was J-Rod's Plumbing. Mm-hmm. Terrible name. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yeah. You want to choose something that is going to ring true to your customers. So there's, and then in my mind, there's two styles of names. If, you ha- if you're if you curious about naming and branding, go read Dan Antonelli's book from Kick Charge Creative. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Branded Not Blanded. Mm-hmm. Very good explains all this in way greater detail than yep. I'll ever be able to even understand. Mm-hmm. Smart guy. Um, but the gist of it is like, okay, let, let's think about a name for our company. So there's names like our, like my name, right? So we are Fairbanks, Alaska. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a gold mining town. It's how we were founded. Mm-hmm. People went up there looking for gold. The main is the is the mascot of the town. Yeah. What do you call that? Uh yeah, sure. His you can call it mascots. Yeah, his name is Pedro. He was a gold miner, right? Mm-hmm. So, or he, 
he was a prospector is what he really there was, right? Uh-huh. So we named our company Prospector Plumbing and Heating, and it was a name that was used already in some other areas, but not very often. Right. So it was already a recognizable thing. Right. Like, oh, this is a recognizable name. Um, it's already used in the community a tiny, tiny bit. Um, and there was no other plumbing and heating companies called Prospector. Right. And then we created a Prospector as our avatar, and we named him Pedro. Mm. Right. So when when we first rolled out our brand, we renamed ourselves Prospector, and people saw our trucks running around wrapped in purple and green. Like we mm-hmm. chose colors and textures that hadn't been used as well. People saw Prospector Plumbing and Heating, and they didn't ha- they didn't forget it. Right. It was something that they couldn't unsee. Right. It was something that once they saw it said Prospector and it said Plumbing and Heating. Mm-hmm. And they saw the prospector character, they literally just can't forget it. Right. Because it's just so easily remembered. Right. Yep. And it's recognizable from a large distance. Recognizable from a large distance. And and people in that town, like if I took that same name and put it in Florida, people would be like, What is a prospector? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it, wouldn't it, wouldn't, res- it wouldn't resonate. It wouldn't be as memorable. Okay. Yeah. So it's specific to our location is why it's so memorable, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Okay, so there's those kinds of names where you're kind of dealing with your location to create something that's more memorable. Mm -hmm. And then there's names like... There's... there's, there's, Here's... I'll give you two examples. There's Mm -hmm. one I really like. Um, One of the guys in our coaching program, Mm -hmm. he named his business Liggity Split Plumbing. Mm. It's awesome. He's got a little guy flying with a jetpack. Yeah. And it says lickety split plumbing. Mm-hmm. Great. People are going to see that once they yeah, see it. It's going to remember. They're never going to forget it. Yep. And, and it's it, associating with like <clears throat> like what the service is going to be like. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be really fast. Yep. Right? And you could take that brand anywhere. Yeah, sure. Right? You could you could pop that in Fairbanks. You could pop it in Florida. You could pop it in California. Yep. That's a brand you could take anywhere. And that's a good that's a good name if your ambitions for your company is like multi-state kind of thing. Correct. So it's good to think about what you're going to do with your company. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a company called Call the Bee, mm. right? Same kind of thing. It's like, oh, and they have a bee as their avatar. Mm-hmm. And then it says plumbing, HVAC, and electrical. You're not going to forget that. Right. You're not going to forget the bee. Right. Oh, yeah. Who am I going to call? The bee. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if I ever start a company down here, it's going to be called Call Wahoo. <laughs> Wahoo's a fish. Yeah. They got Wahoo Stadium, right? Mm-hmm. It fits in. You're not mm-hmm. going to forget it. Um, so, yeah. So, there's those two kind of names. And if you can think of a name that's good, mm-hmm. then you'll never have to change it. Yeah, and, and that'll that'll help you a ton. It'll help you a ton. Nobody's going to remember Joe's plumbing. Yeah. Nobody's going to remember J-Rod's plumbing. Nope. Nobody's going to remember... Anything else silly, right? And then when it's when it's your name, like especially with J Rods, like you ran into the fact that people wanted J Rod. Yeah, dude. They didn't want somebody else. Yeah. They didn't want your technicians. Well, I want to talk to J Rod. Yeah. And then you realize that, like, dang, I'm marketing to this very small group of people who really like me. Yes. And then when we're talking about business value, when J Rod's plumbing gets sold, and then that new owner's like, well, I'm not J Rod. Like he's probably already going to be thinking about rebranding. Well, what sucked is when. I started to grow as J-Rods because mm-hmm. we grew to like three guys with the J-Rods branding. Yeah. 
What sucked is that if my technicians made a mistake, mm. they would call the office, the office ladies would answer, or the office lady, who was your wife, <laughs> would answer, and they would be like, well, I want to talk to J-Rod. Yeah. And it's like, why? Yeah. And I didn't want to talk to anybody. So <laughs> the second we changed the name, that went away. It was mm, like... Interesting. Nobody, you know, some of the old customers knew we rebranded, but a lot of them were like, well, I want to talk to the manager. Yeah. I'm like, this is much better. Yeah. Now I'm the manager, not yeah. J-Rod, right? Not yep. their buddy J-Rod. Yeah, exactly. And now it doesn't matter if I'm not there because they can still talk to the manager, right? right? So much, much better way to go yep. than just using my name. Um, <clears throat> so once you, like, once you implement good branding mm. and you get your trucks wrapped, that is going to... Remember how I said when I rolled up to a house mm. in a new van, how much mm-hmm. better it made me feel? Mm-hmm. The first time I rolled up to a house in a fully wrapped van with a really good brand, mm-hmm. my confidence level went through the roof. Yeah. It was like, oh, I am a legit business. Right. Right? Yeah, sure. Yep. Not pretending anymore. I'm a legit business, okay? We'll also do that to your customers. Mm. You show up in a nice wrapped van this is a legit business they're going to get taken like they're going to take care of me Mm -hmm. and that's what you want you want to attract customers who want to be taken care of Mm -hmm. who want to spend their money with you right that's what having a good brand good name and a good image for your company is going to do okay so you get the van wrapped you have a nice logo you went through a rebrand you have a rat name Mm -hmm. now you need to work on your image you need to get branded outfits for your guys mm. so polos are typically what what you would do um, some guys get away with t-shirts right i think it probably depends on your location mm-hmm. right so if you're like in fairbanks alaska we have polos we have sweatshirts we have hats they all have our logo on them and then we get the guys a carhartt vest with our logo on it as well right. and then they just wear their jeans and their boots if we showed up in khaki like slacks, we'd get thrown out of people's houses. Yeah, they'd be like, what are you doing? Who are you? Yeah, what kind of salesman are you? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because it's just a bunch of rednecks up there. Mm -hmm. So, but if you're in like ritzy California, like somebody shows up in dirty jeans, they might not like it. So think about your location, get your guys dressed up all nice, um, and then present yourself that way on the internet. So like Mm -hmm. you're going to rebrand, now you want to like hire a professional photographer and get some good yeah. pictures of like you and your team smiling with your van behind you. Yep. You're going to look super awesome. You're going to look like a professional company. Mm-hmm. You're going to look like you're going to take care of people. You look like you're doing good things in the community. Mm-hmm. You look like you have a happy team. People are going to be attracted to your business. And you're miles ahead of 99.9% of other businesses. Yep. And then we talk about like early in this podcast about pricing as that gas station out there. Like this all helps fuel the confidence for you to do that. Yes. And then really look the part for that. Yep. For that type of company. Here's the thing though. You can't, you can't try to do all these things and not charge the high price. Yeah. Like you can't, because ha- that's always the thing. It's like, well, Jared, I don't have these things, so I, that's why I can't be charging this much. That's an excuse. You mm. absolutely can. Yeah. And you have to if you ever want to get to that point. Yeah. Right? You just have to. Mm-hmm. You cannot 
build your business and invest mm-hmm. in new vans and van wraps and logos and all this stuff if you're not charging enough for it. And marketing. Like this and is marketing. all this is all like not pre-marketing necessarily, but like kind of pre-marketing. Like we're not yep. even talking about marketing yet. Correct. Correct, correct. Okay, so then you're going to roll this brand out all across the internet. Now you look like super legit. You have a legit marketing company. Um, what do you mean by that? Like a company that's handling your website and your pay-per-click and your GMB and they're posting on social media and they're running Facebook ads and they're running Google retargeting ads and they're running mm. YouTube ads and they're doing your mailers and they're doing your email marketing. Like all of that stuff needs to start happening, mm. right? Um, you have to have multifaceted marketing going, not just like this thing over here you're yeah. doing and this thing over here you're doing and all that. I, and, and ideally, you'd want to get that as, as fast as you can, right? Like uh, develop that relationship with that company. Yeah. Just because it's going to take time for it to finally be a mechanism that you can yep. use to get jobs re- like on the regular. Yes. Because the yep. struggle is, and we know this, the struggle is, is guys get to this point where they need more jobs. And a lot of times they have overhead and infrastructure, but they don't have reliable marketing. Yep. And that's probably one of the hardest, crappiest places to be is when you realize you've yep. been undercharging and yet you have people to take care of and a building you need to pay rent on and you don't have any marketing. You survived yep. this long on word of mouth, but you've realized yep. that it's starting to dry up yep. and you haven't, because then the marketing company's like, well, it's going to be 90 days before the website's done. And you're like, yeah. what? Like, what yeah. the hell am I supposed to do now? There's guys going through it right now. They've So they've been word of mouth for a long time and they wrote all the, like for the last three years, it's been great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so people are just rolling on word of mouth. Well, call volumes down now. Guess who's not getting all the work? The word of mouth guys. Mm-hmm. It's slowing down. Mm-hmm. And so, and you can see it in AdWords costs. Like I even yeah. see it in Fairbanks. Our AdWord cost is up. Yeah. I saw this last time a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. AdWord costs went up. I rode the wave out. Right. Outbid everybody. Nobody else could continue to buy it. <laughs> and our ad costs went down when everybody jumped <laughs> off, right? Yeah, yeah. Work picked up again and everybody's like, I can't do these ads anymore. Yeah. We just kept them rolling. Yeah. Um, which is funny. That's an advantage we have of being in a smaller market mm. versus in a huge market. That would be a little tougher. Yeah. Um, but that probably like, you know, third thing, if you really want to make money, you, you have to be willing to be the most expensive mm. and you have to be willing to like dominate on Google. Yeah. Like if if you can't afford AdWords, right? Mm-hmm. You're probably not expensive enough. Yeah, cuz somebody somebody in your market can. Well, multiple people in your market can. Yeah. If if AdWord cost is you know, let's say during busy season AdWord cost is unreasonable for you, then you're probably not expensive enough. Yeah. Like raise your raise your marketing budget and then raise your prices to accommodate. Right. Right? Um you have to get customers to be a business, yep. okay? Okay, so next part of this is if you want to actually make money, you actually have to do a good job. Mm. You actually have to provide a good service, okay? So, and it starts from the very beginning. Like when people call your business, and we're talking about a little bit more of a mature business, <laughs> okay? As you mature in business, you start getting all this branding in place and all this stuff, People start holding you to higher expectations. Sure. Okay? So you have to level up your game. It's it's not going to be the same as when you were one truck chucking it or you had two guys 
You have to start leveling up your game at some point in time. So you need to make sure that your phone is actually getting answered. Mm. And you need to make sure they're answering like within the first few rings, that phone needs to get yeah. picked up. Yep. And there needs to be a nice, friendly voice on the other line. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be a, a good experience for the customer. Mm-hmm. needs to be a nice, friendly experience for them where they feel like they were heard, the person took care of their needs, mm. they were nice, and they're going to get taken care of. Right. Right? Um, the second part of that is, you know, you're on a CRM – you need to be watching your schedule, and when your guys are running behind, mm. you need to communicate with your customers. Yeah, you need to be absolutely hardcore about communication with your customers, mm-hmm. right? If you're gonna if you're gonna be ten minutes late, twenty minutes late, thirty minutes late, call that customer and communicate that. Let them know, mm-hmm. right? You can't over communicate, but you can most definitely under communicate. Yeah, definitely. Right. Some of the customers are gonna. They're going to be super mad about under communication, and they're probably never going to be mad about over communication. And if they are, it's whatever. If they are, at least they weren't mad about under communication. Yeah, right? I don't know if I don't know how many like four stars reviews you ever got I've because never too happened. much communication. So it was four out of five for me. I checked this morning. We have eight hundred and seventeen reviews, and twenty one of those are one star. I believe the rest of them are. There's a few like three star two-star, but the majority of them are four and five stars. Yeah. Majority of them are five stars. Mm -hmm. At least 780 of them are five-star. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, Nobody has ever left us a one-star review because we (laughs) over-communicated. Yes. There are a couple one-star reviews on there because we under-communicated. Yep. Okay? So communicate with your customers, okay? Then when you go out to their house... Like your technician has to do a good job. Mm-hmm. So you need to start putting a process in place mm, sure. for them to do that. Mm-hmm. You have to start training them on what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so you need to write that down and train your guys on, okay, this is how we park. Like mm-hmm. we don't park in the driveway. We park in the street. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't park behind another car. Right. We don't park in front of the garage door. We park off to the side. Mm-hmm. Like like in Fairbanks, there's a lot of instances where we can't park in the street because right. there, there is no street. Right. Um, it's just a big, long driveway up to this house, right? right? Um, we don't ring the doorbell. We knock on the door. Right. We stand back. Yeah, that's key, man. When people ring my doorbell, it annoys the poop out of me because... It's so annoying. Because, well, one... Baby's uh, trying to sleep. Yeah, I got like... St- I have things happening in my house, like baby's trying to sleep or... And the doorbell is so loud that so I'm like, loud. why are you ringing the damn doorbell? Like, My dog that. starts barking. Yeah, like the whole thing just yeah. gets, so it's like. S- super annoying. Yeah. So knock on the door, you know, stand back three feet, introduce yourself, mention the company name. Yeah. Hey, I'm so-and-so with so-and-so plumbing and heating. Listen to the customer, build rapport. Yeah, establish a human connection. Establish human connection, right? Because there's so much value built in relationship. And really, like all these touch points of communication is just relationship building. Yes. Like when they when they answer when you answer the phone on the first ring and you have a good conversation booking yep. this call, that's a relationship positive. Yep. Your relationship positive. And then when you text on the way over, more relationship positivity. Like yep. it's all about relationship. Yep. And then you add that in with the well-branded company and then the knowledgeable technician. And it's like, you have a great thing going here. This is going to be a good interaction. Yep. Don't go to somebody's home and just be a broke, fixed plumber. Actually dig into what is going on in their home. 
figure out this the symptom, but then go look at the cause of those symptoms. Yeah. And then start to think about any future problems that they may have mm-hmm. and how you can solve those now instead of later, right? Um, and then do the work today. Yeah. So when you give somebody an estimate, not only do you need to give them an estimate, but you need to provide them with options, mm. right? If their flapper's bad, give them an option to replace the flapper, the toilet guts, and the whole toilet. A lot of people will be like, um, I don't want to sell them something they don't need. Mm. But what if they want it? Yeah, it's up to them to choose what they want. And heard, it's up to you to provide I heard the options. The, I heard the best objection to this from Tommy Miller the other day. Mm. He said, he said, I think it's okay to assume it's okay to sell people what they want. And he was in a podcast and the guy was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, do you have an iPhone? And he goes, yeah. He goes, did you need that iPhone? <laughs> and he goes, no. He goes, okay. So you bought the iPhone because you wanted it, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. So when we're in somebody's home, and they have a bad toilet flapper, but they want a new toilet, it's okay to sell them what they want. Mm. But we're never going to sell them what they want if we don't offer it to them. Yeah. So by not offering options, right, you're offering ultimatums. Mm. Like, And that's from Joe Cesara. He always says that. So if you go in and the customer really wants a new toilet and you're just like, you need a new flapper, it's 500 bucks or whatever it yeah. costs, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're giving them an ultimatum. Hey, you pay me to fix your flapper or you don't pay me at all. Yeah. Which or, one? Yeah, and it's, it's more than that. It's not just, I don't fix your flapper. It's like, <coughs> or, you're, or I got to leave and you got to call somebody else. Like yeah. the ultimatum like runs pretty deep. Yeah. It's like, oh, so the rest of my, like my problem's not fixed because yep. there's only one way. And yep. I don't even know if there's another way because you didn't tell me about anything else. And yep. So you just put the customer in this like lame position where even if they agree to it, they still might be like, dang, well, I guess that was it. Yeah. And then like, you know, the husband gets home or, you know, yep. something is going to happen. Like, that's what they did. Like, that was it. Like, I'll look in there and be like, oh, that's like, they could have done all this stuff. Right. And then yep. it's just, it, there's an opportunity for a sour taste in the customer's mouth, which is what you really want to avoid. Yep. But if you went in there and you said, hey, Miss Jones, your toilet is running because mm-hmm. I always think of you got to go catch it when I say that. But your t- <laughs> your toilet yep, is yep. running because that's the immature kid in my in yeah. my I don't know in my heart somewhere <laughs> yep in my soul. <laughs> um, if you went in there and you're like, "Hey, Miss Jones, you know your toilet's leaking because your flapper's cracked and it's worn out, so we can replace your flapper, um, l- or we can go in and replace all the guts in your toilet. Like your flapper's cracked, you know these other guts." look all nasty and we could, we should probably get them replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you'd like, we could get you upgraded with a new toilet. I noticed you have a, a low round front toilet. Um, we could upgrade you with one that sits a little higher. So it's easier to get on and off. Um, and it's elongated and it's got a nice slow closed toilet seat. So your husband doesn't slam it in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, also the reason that your toilet flapper is failing is because the city just, you know, two years ago increased the chlorine level in our water or they switched the kind of chlorine that's in our water and it's eats away at rubbers and plastics. So these flappers are made out of rubber and plastic mm. and the chlorine is just eating away. So if you want to stop this from happening to all the rubber and plastic stuff in your plumbing system, we can install a whole house water filter out in your garage or wherever mm. your water line right. is, right? 
Um, also with that, like if you didn't want to install the whole house water filter system, you still have a bunch of chlorine in your water and that's really bad for you when you're showering because you're breathing it in mm. instead of it just soaking in your skin. You're actually breathing a ton of it mm. in. If you'd like, we could throw these showerhead filters on your shower heads. Then you just ask her, what do you want to do? Yeah. And now she has all this information that you provide her with. And she'll probably ask some questions, which again, now you get to provide good answers to. She knows that there's chlorine in the water. That's what's killing her flappers. Mm. She also knows that you can put in a filter that'll stop all that from happening. And then she won't have to drink it anymore. And she won't have to shower it anymore. Like you just presented her with a bunch of options. And she's probably going to, like she's gonna feel good. She just learned a whole bunch of stuff that she didn't know, and none of her she friends had knew, and her husband no idea. Didn't know. Yep, no clue, right? And if you think about it this way as well, that you know, whole house water filter system is gonna be a few thousand dollars. The flapper's only three hundred. Like she just got a huge price comparison, right? Right. If you go in there and it's like, hey, a flapper's three hundred bucks, three hundred eighty dollars. It's like holy crap, just for that little flapper. Mm-hmm. But if you go in there and you're like, hey, flappers, 300 bucks, we can do the guts for seven. We can get you a whole new toilet for a thousand. Or, you know, we can get your flapper and guts fixed and throw in this water filtration system. Or we can package these two together. Mm-hmm. Like she has all these different price points and the flapper seems like nothing. Right. And what's funny is likely she'll choose like something in the middle. Right. It was crazy to me when I started offering new toilets how many toilets I sold. Mm, yeah. I didn't sell a toilet for years. And mm. then I put a toilet in my price book and all of a sudden we started selling new toilets left and right mm. because we weren't selling people what they wanted. Right. Right. People wanted a new toilet and we were going in there instead and giving them a new right. flapper. That's a disservice to the customer. And even in that scenario, it's like maybe she doesn't, maybe she just takes the toilet today, but she's like, hey, I like that filter thing you're talking about. I'm going to talk yeah. to my husband. Um, Maybe like I'll give you a call, and now suddenly you have something for your CSR to follow up on. Like yeah. you have an un- like like all right, you have an estimate for that. Now I got an unsold estimate, and your yep. CSR is like, hey, so what do you think about that that uh, filtration system you're looking at? Yep. And then now you have this opportunity that that customer is now just a toilet. Now that customer's yep. filtration system, and then yep. probably a membership, and then suddenly you have somebody now who's yep. in your network. So again, if you want to make money with your plumbing business, the fortune's in the follow up. Mm. So two things, two ways you can follow up. You can follow up via your CSR, which Mm -hmm. is the best. So our CSRs at the end of every day, they're calling estimates from yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you're slow, you can recall those estimates again. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's an easy conversation. It's, hey, my name is, this is so-and-so with so-and-so plumbing. That's all you got to say. Um, this happened to me the other day. I called a company here, uh, HVAC company, mm-hmm. and they gave me a bunch of estimates and I didn't do any of them because I didn't know what my wife wanted to do. And they called the next day. Hey, this is, I think that it was Jennifer and it was mm. Peden. Mm. And they were like, hey, this is Jennifer with Peden. And I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? Mm. She's like, good. I was just, we had so-and-so over at your house the other day and I saw she left you with some unsold estimates or with some estimates just wondering if you want to get any of those on the schedule. Mm. I was like, you know what? I'm not decided on them yet, so nope. And she's like, okay, thank you. Mm. And then they called me like a week later, mm-hmm. asked me one more time. Perfect. Yep. Wasn't awkward. Nope. It's a simple conversation. Nobody's mad at that conversation. It made me think higher of the business. Yeah, because you're like, ah, oh, cool. They're calling and checking. 
right? And, and it's going to communicate to you, right, that, oh, this business is doing a good job. Like, Correct. They're probably making money. They're probably paying their people well. Like, they're Correct. doing these things that we want to support. Correct. Um, the other option for following up is you can just have an email sequence. So now that you have a CRM and all of everything's built in a CRM and you can send out emails, anytime somebody has an unsold estimates, you just send them a series of emails. That brought in $785,000 worth of work for us last year. Mm. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's a lot. Just 12, it sends 12 emails, sold $785,000 worth of work, right? Mm. So if you want to make money with your plumbing business, you follow up. Yeah. Fortune's in the follow up. Yeah. Um, okay, you're at the house. You provided options. The next thing you're going to do if you want to make money is you're going to do the work today. Yeah. There's so much power in today. Yeah. So not only are you going to answer the phone when they call, you're going to get them on the schedule today. You're going to do the work today. Mm-hmm. That's huge. I mean, it, it's also huge because it's typically unexpected. It's unexpected, and now you are worth so much more. Yeah, when when they call and, you know, you you know, Customer calls, you answer very quickly, and then yep. you go through the whole conversation like, yeah, I can get you today at this time. Yep. That customer is probably like, oh, okay, okay. Yep. Like they were going to call some other people. Like in the back of their mind, they had their backup plan made, but now yep. they're like, oh, never mind. I all guess of, we're good. Yeah. All of a sudden, your value went through the roof. Yeah. And like the, the likelihood that that person's going to call you the next time is huge. Huge. Because the they, like- just, they just realize that like, oh, when I have a problem, I have a fix to my problem. The likelihood they hire you that first time is huge. Mm. Think about that. So, Oh, sure, sure. If you wait two weeks to get to their problem, and then you go out there and you give them a bid and it's slightly expensive, and they go, well, I already waited two weeks. Like I could call another plumber and yeah. wait a little bit longer, right? Or they're pissed. They're like, I waited two weeks for you to come out here to tell me it's going to cost this much, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. If you can get out there today, not only are they willing to pay you more, but if they don't want to move forward with the service, they're not pissed. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, it's all, you guys came out here quick. Like, you already built a ton of value to this yep. customer, right? So you're going to do the work today. You're going to get there quick. You're going to provide options. You're going to be expensive. You're going to have a good brand. You're going to get paid at the end of every job. If you do those things, you'll be doing pretty good. Yeah. One more thing. You're going to start a membership program. Mm, Yep. So when you go provide a service like we just described, Mm. you create happy customers, okay? Mm -hmm. So you want customers to be just, they want, you want them to think that you were awesome. Mm -hmm. Like this is hands down the best service I've ever had. Um, That way they'll go leave you five-star reviews, okay? Mm -hmm. Which you want to automate as well in your CRM. Mm -hmm. If you want to make money, you're going to build your review count on Google. Super important. Mm. So you're going to automate that. You're going to collect reviews. If they think you're awesome, like you said, they're going to call you back. Right. Right? So now imagine this scenario, okay? You pay for a customer from Google. Yeah, it's expensive, right? And you're charging enough to dominate pay-per-click, which mm-hmm. means you're sometimes you're paying a lot for phone calls, <laughs> <Yep>. okay? <laughs> yeah. And you win over a customer, most people they go serve that customer and the service was yeah mm-hmm. it was on it was just as good as this other guy yeah and this guy mm-hmm. and this guy over here mm-hmm. so the next time they have a problem who are they going to call one of those guys yeah they don't really care who yeah. right because there's no difference mm-hmm. when you go out there and you provide that exceptional service um and they're like 
dang, this was rad, and they leave you a five-star review. Guess who they're going to call next time? They're going to call that person. They're going to call you, mm. right? And they're going to continue to call you as long as you continue to provide that exceptional yeah, sure. service. I mean, because okay? that's, what, that's what we want as consumers. We want the one reliable thing. Yeah. We don't want to have to shop around all the time. That's why, no. that's why when somebody gets an iPhone, they usually keep an iPhone forever. Yeah. Until they, they really are. get pissed and they try Samsung and then they're like, well, it's so new. I got to change. Then Ugh. they go back to iPhone. Yeah, because yeah. it's familiar to them. Because it's better. <laughs> yeah, you used to not think that though. No, I didn't. Yeah, that okay. was actually like six months ago. You didn't. Think I know. That. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I've totally flopped. Yeah. Oh man. Um, okay. So now imagine, like, we only had to acquire this customer once, but yet they're paying us for multiple years in a row. Okay. Yeah. That raises the lifetime value of that customer. So now you're making more off of every customer that you do pay for. Mm-hmm. You make more money that way. You don't have to pay to an acquire a new customer every single time. So the to make that even better, you want to throw in a membership program. So it's a you create a program where they can become a club member or mm-hmm. something similar, just like Amazon Prime or mm-hmm. Costco, where they pay you a fee either monthly or yearly to be part of your club and to be part of your club, or if they're part of your club, they get special benefits. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amazon. You get to shop on Amazon and you get free shipping, mm. right? And you get access to some things that you yep. don't have that you don't have access to if you don't have Prime, right? Mm-hmm. Some free movies and junk. Mm-hmm. Doesn't cost them a lick, okay? Right. Costco, you get access to their store. Mm-hmm. You literally get to go inside of it. Yeah, Dude, I can go down to Publix and just walk right in mm-hmm. with no fee. Mm-hmm. Why do we shop at Costco, right? You just get access to the store. That's right. it. Same thing with your plumbing business. Just give them access right. to special benefits that don't actually cost you anything, mm-hmm. and they will pay you a fee to be part of your club. Yep. Okay. So typically, you would do like there's two models. You can do ninety nine dollars a year, and they get priority scheduling, so they get scheduled before members, mm-hmm. before non members, before non members, um, and you give them ten percent off all your services, yep. which you built into your price in the very beginning that you can give a 10% discount and still maintain 20% profits, right. okay? Um, or there's, there's um, oh, and no dispatch fees. Yeah, there That'd you be go. another thing yep. that doesn't cost you anything, yep. okay? That membership's really cool. $99 a year, it's all top, it's all bottom line profit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the entire thing. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Now you can take that $99 and reinvest it in marketing to grow your business. Yeah. Super cool. The other option is you like give away some sort of free service, like a water heater flush or a camera inspection or something like that. Something to get back in their home every single year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Has to be something that's valuable, typically something they're gonna want to do that you're gonna give them for free mm-hmm. along with the other benefits. That one you're gonna charge more for yep. because it costs you more to do. Yep. Right? You actually you have to do something for that. Correct. Like you now are obligated to provide a service to this customer. Correct. So the way we price that is we we price that service, that membership, at what it costs us to provide that service. Yeah. Okay? So it's a break even. Yeah. But it gets us back in their house. Mm-hmm. So like we do free, you know, tune ups on their heating equipment. Mm-hmm. That gets us back in front of their heating equipment mm-hmm. to find all the other problems and then make more money. Right. Mm-hmm. So that one works for us. Um, that's going to help retain customers longer. Right. Because they're part of your club. Who are they going to call now? The one that they're already paying the thing for. The one they're already, they already have special benefits for yep. this company. 
This company already does a good job. Now they're sucked in for much longer. Yep. Now you're going to make way more money off of this customer yep. over a long period of time. Yeah, and the game is really how much money can you make off of one customer? Yeah. Yep. You want to maximize that, right? Yep. And that's what all of this will do. It'll maximize how much you make off yep. of one customer. Yep. You're trying, you're trying to make that one customer that raving fan. Yes. When people say you got to run lean and mean, mm. they try to cut labor expenses. They try to cut overhead expenses. They try to cut all this stuff, this these expenses in their business. Mm -hmm. You want to run lean and mean, make maximum amount of money off of each customer with as minimal input as possible. Right. Right. What we just described is how you do that. Mm -hmm. That would be truly lean and mean. Mm -hmm. That would be very mean because each technician is going to bill out a ton of money. Yep. Right. There's one more thing that I feel like we missed. What is it? Um, we didn't really talk about sales. We did like barely, but we didn't really go into it. Yeah. I don't, I, and I don't, I don't think that's the thing that we missed. I'm not a big fan of pushing sales. Yeah. I'm a bigger fan of pushing service. Yeah. Like coming at it, distinction. coming at it from the point of like, because you, you can get into like car salesy, right? Yeah, and you can also you can also like put your mindset in this position that <clears throat> sales is dependent upon the conversation the tech has in the house and nothing else. I think sales starts with building rapport, being a good communicator, and looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. And giving the customer options. Like if you can do those things, most of your guys will sell well. And if your guys are confident that the place they're working at is a good place to work at, yeah, because then they're going to feel comfortable trying to help these customers, yeah. Like so much goes, so much goes into that sales area that isn't tied to the tactics involved in the conversation, right? And a lot of guys want to find those tactics because the hope is that there's a silver bullet in there to just increase revenue. The hope is you can say this one magic word and then everything's going to be fine. Yeah, or but this, the reality is, is that uh, that's not the case. Yeah, and like sometimes it's like if you're getting, uh, a, if you're, if you, well, it's not probably not going to be you because you're the business owner, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be your sale, your sales guys, your technicians are going to be getting this objection over and over again. Yep. That's not necessarily indicative of a sales problem. There's probably other problems you have to look at. Right. Like it's like, oh, well, did we answer the phone or how do we sound on this area or how did you park or all these other things or like how did, how are you. What's your appearance? Yep. Like there's something else that you have to look into than just the words or the script that they're using. Correct. Correct, Amundo. Yeah, I can't think of anything that we're forgetting. We'll there's, remember it. There's one more thing. We'll remember it after, and then we'll mention it on the next one. Oh, dang. Okay, before we go, if you guys want help with your plumbing business, go get our playbook. The link is in the description down below. After you grab the free playbook, literally all we need is your email, and we email it to you. But after that, you go to a page where you can book a 15-minute call with somebody on our team to talk about our coaching program. It's the awesomest coaching program you've ever seen, totally worth getting into. We will literally help you do all the stuff we just talked about, plus we'll give you all the resources in there, plus you'll get involved with a community of people who are doing the same thing, plus you'll have access to me where we can help you one-on-one -on -one with your business. So go do that. Thanks, Jared. See you, dude. See you, Holmes.